You'd start telling people that there's no Jesus or something, and the fear just goes <laughs> because from hey, we got a we got a sexy Jesus right on right on this show. We we do. We've got our own sexy Jesus on the show. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to Think, Act, Get. This is Ezra Firestone with my co-host, as always, James Shramko. James, how are you, man? Good, mate. Is that your show voice? That's so funny. We were just we were just talking like normal, and then you're hi there, listener. <laughs> what is that? Well, this is my this is my um. You know, you got to you got to you got to introduce the show with some pizzazz. I like it. It's like uh, it's like when I spoke at an event on Sunday, which I rarely do. When they introduce you, it's good to run up to the stage to get the energy up, so that you can uh, be more animated. Because I get accused of being a bit flat sometimes from stage. Ah, yeah, I can see. It. Well. So I guess you'd call it an on-ramp, which is a fantastic technique to trigger the result you want. So you've got your show voice. That's great. Do that again. Well, I've got Hi, my listener. <laughs> Hi there, that's listener. Good. Ezra Firestone here with James Trampo. That's it. I've got so my... that's your little on-ramp trigger. Yeah, it's it. my, my sort of... If you go back and listen to all the shows, you'll notice that I, like, I start strong and then I chill back, you know? But, it, uh, but I always start with that because it sort of gets me going too. It gets me into the the mode and the um, feeling of the show. That's cool. And also that can be a great defense against fear because a lot of people when they perform are worried about how people might think about them or whatever. So you can have a trigger or an anchor, I think they call it in some circles, that sets you up to be perfect straight out of the gate. It basically you just roll straight into, into your routine each time. So you can jump in on the fear part. Well, that's a good point, and it leads us right in to what our episode is about today, which is fear. And we all experience it probably more than we'd like to admit. So fear is an instinct, and when you address it with intellect, you can respond to it rather than react to it. Because you see, fear is linked to avoidance, and it's most powerful when you're not willing to acknowledge what it is that you're afraid of, when you're in mystery about what's causing your fear. So if you're willing to look at it and acknowledge what you're actually afraid of, you can begin to understand it, and the fear will dissipate. So fear, what is it? Where does it come from? What are you afraid of? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think, Act, Get. Man, you sound so wise when you do this. Uh, I know you prepare the show notes, but do you have to do a lot of research for this or is this just stuff you know? No, man, this is, this is straight off the top of my head, man. This is uh, so smart. This is was, fresh, fresh out of the brain. <laughs> I was making coffee just before the show and I was thinking what a profound impact this particular show has had. In fact, I would go so far to say is any product or or thing that I've ever produced, probably this one has had the most impact in my life personally. Well, actually, that's a tautology. My life, someone else doesn't really make sense. But you know, when I put together products like Traffic Grab, I learned a lot about my analytics and my traffic sources, and it helped me decide which were better traffic sources to eliminate the ones that weren't as useful. And I learned a lot about my business. But this show, one of the things I've been doing is replying to people with more empathy and compassion and 
and just trying to be nicer. I actually have a smiley face on my desk to remind me to be nice. And I'm saying to people, I appreciate you sending me this. So I actually use the word appreciate. Or I, I just want to say thank you very much uh, and acknowledge that you went out of your way to do this. And the reaction's been super strong. So I just want to say thank you for being so wise. That's really nice, man. I appreciate it. I, you know, I, I can't claim credit for it. I mean, I can claim credit for it in that, like, I have absorbed all the information that's been available to me and then implemented it in my own life. But I grew up in a place where this kind of stuff was, this was what we talked about. And these were the kind of things that were explored. And so I had access to this sort of alternative body of information that most people don't ever get access to. And I was able to see that it looked like good stuff and uh, take it on. Yeah, it's cool. And I've approached this topic from a business side of things. So I'm really keen to bite into it. Well, let's run into it. Yeah, and this is this is a and, and you know we're we're going to talk about both the business side and the personal side, but and and particularly one where the business and the personal mix, which is what um, which is what inspired this episode. Well, most of us we we're the same thing now. <laughs> if you have your own business, your business is probably about as good as your fear level tolerance. And you sent me an email earlier today, or I don't know, yesterday it was, uh, and we'll get to that in just a second. But one of the things I want to point out is that fear is being used on you all the time, particularly from a marketing perspective. It's probably the most powerful sales tool that's ever existed. If you take a look at, um, I first noticed this when when the MLM industry was really big. It It was the late 90s, early 2000s. And there was a, an MLM company that was selling these, these headsets that you put on your cell phone and you put them on there and they're supposed to get rid of the microwave radiation that your cell phone is killing you with. And um, basically what they were saying, they, like their whole sales pitch was like, oh my God, cell phones cause microwave radiation and that stuff will kill you. And guess what? We have the solution right here. So, and it's used on you all the time. It's like you stink by deodorant. So it's a really interesting thing to have a look at how you're being fear-mongered and how we buy into this stuff on a daily basis. Oh, I mean, look at the spend on weapons in your country, at least. They spend, you know, I don't know, billions of billions based on the fact that someone might come and, and um, take you out of your house. So everyone should have a gun and we should buy billions worth of nuclear missiles. <laughs> and I mean, you know that's totally makes sense. And then there's this other one uh, where we we have um, a fear of missing out is such a psychological trigger, isn't it? We have we touched on this in our last episode and rights where we have this entitlement. You straight after that episode, I saw someone posting something that was that was like, oh, I'm being so ripped off, and I'm like, oh, I know this topic, I know this topic. I'm like. You're not being ripped off. You're ripping yourself off with this false expectation that you actually entitled something. But they've, they've, they're, um, they were reacting to someone taking something away from them. So the, the takeaway is actually a sales technique. Now, the best fear thing I think, and uh, we still, I don't think we've ever covered this topic, and it'll be a hottie if we do. It's a what is it a, a touchy? What do you call chargy. it? Chargy. It's a chargy subject. Super but chargy. God, have a look at religion. You know, if you oh, oh if, if you like someone else's wife or you steal, you are going to hell for eternity. Not just like, you know, one year on parole or something. <laughs> eternity. If you wanted to control the population, wouldn't that be a great way to do it? Man, I'll tell you what. 
we, we will have to do an episode on it because it's too charged. I mean, it's too heavy duty of a topic not to talk about. I think we got to do it. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, I think, by the way, that will really challenge some people's comfort levels because you'd start telling people that there's no Jesus or something and the fear just goes <laughs> because. From hey, we got a we got a sexy Jesus right on right on this show. We we do. We've got our own sexy Jesus on the show, so it's okay, folks. We'll be fine. Oh man! Well, let me just point out one thing based on what you were just saying about rights that we actually didn't cover in the rights episode, and I'm surprised we didn't because we're both experiencing this. And frankly, anyone who's running Facebook ads these days is experiencing this, which is a lot of our listeners. You get those people who bash you on your on your sponsored post. And say, get this crap off my newsfeed and tell Facebook, you know, they feel like they have a right not to have advertising on their Facebook feed. And they forget who's funding it. Well, here's, the, here's another flip side of it. About a year and a half ago, I logged into my Facebook ads account and it had been disabled with big red warning. And I'm like, oh, oh that's, that's unfortunate. I didn't, I didn't actually react, oh, how dare Facebook, it's my right to have an advertising, you know, I'm like, well. If, if that's their rules and they don't want me to play, I can't really argue with that. I could debate it and I could request them to activate it. It turns out that it was a mistake and they reactivated it. But the point is the way I approached it was from a point of view that, well, it's their company and they can do whatever they like. And, you know, that's a really nice way. And I like that we're talking about niceness because it's really is my goal in life is to be nice. And it feels really good to be nice. It's nice to be nice. And here's the thing about this Facebook thing is you will actually have a more pleasurable time if you are think if your if your mindset is, man, I really appreciate that I get to leverage this wonderful asset of Facebook to run ads. Because then you don't feel like you own it. You don't feel like it's yours. And you don't feel like when it, if it goes away, something of yours has been taken from you. Yeah. And as Zuckerberg said in that great movie you know if you were gonna if you were the inventor of facebook you would have facebook (laughs) so you're not and it's someone else's so appreciate that you know he's put in some hard yards uh for you know good or bad it's not yours so appreciate it if if you get to use it go for it all right so remember my cold calling strategy we probably covered this in the confidence episode and you think what's the worst thing that can happen i think people worry about things that never eventuate they, they, uh, there's a saying around fear that it's an acronym for uh, false evidence appearing real, which is kind of saying that it's a pretend worry and you don't have to worry about it. Just do something and then if something bad happens, then worry about it. But until that time, don't worry so much. Now, there are, there are things that, that go around this. Like you can't go out and eat hot dogs and Coke and expect that you'll live a long life because there is actually real evidence that that might not be a good idea. But we actually invent evidence sometimes as a way to protect ourselves because from the time that we were cave people, we had a lot of fear attached to it. There's this great little cartoon movie I saw with the kids the other day called Croons, but they would stay in their cave and only go out during the day and they'd grab eggs and then run back to the cave. And there's like... All the pictures on the wall said, never leave the cave. If you leave the cave, you die. So we have this built-in survival mechanism, as this professor of anthropology told me once. He said, we are, uh, we're built to survive. We are selfish. <laughs> we will kill to survive. And 
that's just the species we are. But the fear that we experience was designed to stop us from jumping off a cliff or from stepping in, in front of a dangerous animal. But in modern society, we have to readjust those filters because a lot of things won't kill you like cold calling or asking someone to buy your product or service. If you truly attach the right meaning to the outcome, then it becomes worth taking the risk. So there is a lot of rewards for risk taking now in business. If you are prepared to ask for the order, if you're prepared to go out on your own and sell good products and services, there can be extreme rewards for that. And you know, one of the problems in our society these days is that we have survival so well handled. Like we're so well taken care of that there's not much we have to do to survive. Yeah, that's true. I mean, in in this country, the government will pretty much help you. They'll give you money and somewhere to live if you can't, if you're completely unresourceful. You know, one of the other interesting things about fear and that's worth taking a look at is what fears are your own and what fears have been conditioned into you by society. Um, and that's a really large subject, but it's worth having a look at when, when you're afraid of something or when, for, for example, when you have a belief that's very strong and you really believe in something and you get angry when people try to challenge that belief, it'd be interesting to have a look at where did that belief stem from? Why do you believe that thing as strongly as you do? Is it because you were told it as a child? Is it because it was sold to you as fear of being wrong? Yeah, something interesting because a lot of people have a lot of opinions about what the right way to do certain things are, like the right way to do relationships or the right way to do um, business or whatever it is, you know, and it's just always interesting to look at why you have the viewpoints that you have, which a lot of people don't ever, don't ever look at where their viewpoints are coming from. They just, real, they just have these opinions, but they're not willing to, to take a step above and say, well, why do I think this? And that's a very important aspect to be able to see a business or see your life from a higher level than inside of it, to be able to take a step outside yourself and have a look at what's going on. Cool. All right. Let's move it along. What else you got? All right. I got Joe DeSanto. Now, um, you guys may or may not have, have heard me talk about Joe, but he, he, this is a, a, a very, very good uh, analogy and story uh, for conversion and for business. So Joe was fat. He came of age in the 70s. He owned a sandwich shop. This is a true story. And uh, Joe was not the kind of guy that should have women flocking all around him. He just wasn't that kind of guy if you looked at him from the outside. But Joe always had a flock of women around him, hanging out with him, going out with him, making out with him. And uh, a guy called Vic asked Joe, he said, Joe, like, what, what is it that you're doing? How are you pulling this off? And Joe said, well, here's what I'm doing, man. First thing I do is I make an offer. So I, I make an offer like, do you want to have juice with me or whatever your offer is to the woman? And then I gauge their response. And if they say yes, whatever it is that I asked them to do, I genuinely enjoy that thing and I just have a good time with it and I let them know I'm having a good time with it. I acknowledge them for, for having that juice with me and I, I hang out with them and I really enjoy it. And then I try to push just a little bit further. And if at any point I sense resistance, I back way off. And so what Joe was doing was he was building trust because commonly women are afraid that guys will not respect their no. They won't honor the desire. They won't honor the woman's desire. They'll push past them. And so what Joe was doing was building trust because at every step along the way, he was reminding them that he was playing on their terms. So basically what he was doing was he was covering their fear of loss. 
So the only reason that someone doesn't want you to do something is because they're afraid that they're going to lose something by doing it. So you ask the girl out and she says no because she's afraid she's going to look dumb going out with you. Or it doesn't matter what it is, but the only reason people don't want to do stuff that you ask them to do is because they're afraid they're going to lose something by doing it. And if you can identify what those fears of loss are and cover them, you can get people to do whatever you want. Nice. Yeah, well... Um, you know, I think this whole episode was actually inspired by a listener response to us from one of our previous episodes who was experiencing some bullying in the workplace. And, you know, that is that can be immobilizing and traumatic for somebody. And you, you go home and feel very sad. I was bullied at school, actually. And in the workplace... Not so much because between school and the workplace, I started acting lessons to bring out my confidence. And by going on camera, that helped me overcome the fear of, of how I look and how I sound because we, like, we never like ourselves that much when you feel a bit insecure. And so I think that was a real strengthening thing. But how would you address bullying for people? You know, I think that bullying is a really tricky one. Um, and it's one where there's a really obvious solution that people have a very hard time with because it's what they're afraid of in the first place. You have to hold yourself as valuable enough to stand up to your bully. When someone is putting you down or telling you off or bullying you in whatever way they are bullying you and it doesn't sound like it's physical, you've got to have yourself in high enough regard to say, hey, you know what? I don't deserve this and here's why. And like actually stand up to that bully. And that's what, here's the thing about bullies. They bully people who won't stand up to them. They go for easy targets. If you stand up to your bully, the bullying will stop. It's a proven science. They've got all kinds of courses on it and all kinds of stuff like that. I'm paying a lot of attention to this right now because I train in jujitsu. And um, there's a lot of jujitsu schools right now that are taking in kids and teaching them jujitsu and giving them confidence to stand up to the bullies they have in schools. But I think that unfortunately, the way through this fear listener is to actually stand up for your bully and it starts with believing that you shouldn't be bullied in the first place it starts with believing cuz cuz when you let yourself be bullied it's because you somewhere somewhere inside you you think that you deserve that or that they're right on some level or you're afraid to stand up for them uh, to them and um, you got to be willing to face your fear and just stand up to your bully it's it's the short answer it's there's no easy way through that one it's such a sad thing i was walking yesterday and there was a bunch of school kids walking home and one of them had Down syndrome and this kid behind him kept teasing him and it was – I just felt how hard it must be for that child. I mean that's a special scenario yeah. because that's a – That is a special scenario but, but there's a person who's going to be constantly bullied. It's so tough. It's But the, the crowd around this person – uh, stole, told him to stop. And I've also seen there's been some ugly news incidents lately where foreigners have been teased on public transport or whatever by racist people and the crowd step in and tell them to back down and to stop, stop doing that. You know, this brings up a good point, James, with our listener. Another way is to, if you don't want to stand up to your bully, is you can confide in some of your coworkers and together you can confront that bully. So you can get yourself help. You know, I didn't mention that, but that is a very real solution. 
I mean, I used to tell my kids, just find the biggest one and punch them in the nose. You know, <laughs> like, I know that's not the right answer. It's effective though. But, but if you can take out the biggest one first, then the, the little ones run away, right? It's like that Jack Reacher movie. I love that scene. Is it a Tom Cruise movie? Yeah. He's like, it's your last chance, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm going to take out the biggest one and the rest of you are going to run. <laughs> but I love that scene. But it's probably just a little bit more Hollywood than actual. Yeah, and we don't want people starting fights no. in the workplace. When, when someone's, when I see a bully, I actually feel sorry for them. That you know, I almost feel like they're they're so sad and and out of step that they have to do this to someone else. You you, you got to wonder, you know, what happened to them to cause them to be so insecure that they have to be like that. It, and it's yeah. really that probably their fear causing this. Totally, they're putting that. They, the only way they can make themselves feel good about themselves is to put other people down. It's it's a really. It really is a sad and heavy-duty subject. I'm not an expert on it. And I'd say it's probably there's probably resources online that could deal with bullying that you might want to look up because there is for most things like suicide or whatever. Yeah. If it's in a really heavy topic, that we just got to do the disclaimer thing here. I'm not qualified for that. But if you're really feeling down about it, then seek some professional help and just understand that it's really not about you. It's partly about you, as, as Ezra said, accepting it. And then the other main part is why someone would do that in the first place. So on that note, let, let's, let's lift it up. I mean, I want to get out of here. Yeah, let's move forward. Let's move off that one because we could, we could talk on that one. That just bring, we just brought the whole thing down really, really dark. So let's, let's come back up. All right, well, let's hit the WWW, which is the weekly willpower wager. What are your two biggest fears related to your business? What we want you to do is make a list and acknowledge what they are. What are you afraid of? Ask yourself that question and see what pops into your mind. It will be a very interesting, it'll be a very interesting exercise. And it's always fun to face your fears. It's always fun to have a look at and really acknowledge what you are afraid of. I've had to do this in my life recently, and it was a very intense experience for me, um, but it's helped me grow. Yeah, so what's some of the typical things people would... I know people have fear of speaking, which can help... People are typically afraid of failure. Yep. They're afraid of looking stupid in other people's eyes. So uh, uh, status, um, what's the word for that? When you uh, are embarrassed, when like people are afraid of humiliation and failure. Those are the two main ones. Right. So so remember, a mistake could be reworded as an investment in experience. So you could see it as an education. Public speaking, people just want you to be good, actually. They want you to be good. They want, you know, they don't want you to fail. <laughs> That's, their motivation is for you to be awesome. They don't. And you know what else is interesting about public speaking? I've been doing a lot of it lately, and what I've discovered is it's not so much about the content. Most people are so worried about their content. Do I have good stuff to say? You know what people want? They want to be entertained. If you go up there and you tell a good story and you make people laugh a little bit, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. They love you. It's true. I, I saw a presentation yesterday and the guy opened a brochure to the theme music that, that was in um, – Apocalypse Now, you know, that da, 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 da. And it was very entertaining and people laughed and they, they thought it was hilarious. But you know, as something as mundane as opening up a brochure with some ceremony was a powerful presentation technique. Yeah, I did a, um, 
uh, we're you and I are both speaking at an event in Sacramento in in uh, September or after our Hawaii retreat in September, and I I spoke at that event last year and I won the best speaker award. Now I had great content. Don't get me wrong. I always think my content is great, but in my opinion, there were some folks there who had content that I thought was better than mine. I mean, mine was fantastic and it was on different subjects, but for the subject matter that we were talking about, I didn't think my content was the top of the class. But I guess I was the most entertaining and I got voted. And that's when I realized that was really when it cemented it for me because that was one of my first real big stages that I spoke on. I thought, wow, it's really about entertainment and it's not so much about what you're presenting. Oh, the biggest speakers in these events. Like if you get a Richard Branson or a Donald Trump, usually their presentations are very boring and you're better off to read the book. But if you go and see someone who's a professional speaker, they are, that are even a salesman, they're going to have a wonderfully scripted, entertaining, seductive presentation. I learned this too. I saw some guy speak whose content was negligible. It was like 0.1%. The rest was a show. But they ordered and purchased like crazy. People go nuts for that. And they are, they are actually deploying a lot of fear persuasion, fear that if you don't buy this right now, you'll never be able to have the life that you deserve, that sort of stuff. Yeah, scarcity and all that kind of stuff. All right, well, let's move on to our news and updates. And we've got some stuff coming up. We've got Fast Web Formula, Hot Dog. It is going to be in about 20 days, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's coming up very excited. There's... 100 people coming so far. I think it'll be an electric atmosphere. It's time to order the ticket if you think you're coming. Airfares are cheap to Australia, very cheap. You could probably get here for about $1,000 and the event's only about $1,000. So it still makes it a pretty inexpensive investment in yourself. And, and let me tell you about live events. Let me tell you about the best thing you can possibly do for your business life is go out there and get to know other people who are in your community and do deals with them, have them as clients. I mean, it's the best thing I've ever done for my business. I tell you in all truth that I've that masterminds and live events are by far the best things I, I've ever done. And I'm just such a big fan of them and I'm honored to be at this one. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have food. I will be throwing avocados. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> well, you're going to pay the cleaning bill. <laughs> now tell me, how did we meet, Ezra? We met at a live event, man. And there you go. Have a look at this. There you go. Enough said. This show would not be possible unless I got my butt on an airplane and went to another country. That's right. You came to the States. That should be a powerful enough testimony to the power of a live event. All right. So we are accepting uh, listener call-ins through the speak pipe. So you can hop on the, the thing. We, we've got a long show today. So we're going to skip that uh, the plays and we'll get a few next time. We've got Hawaii coming up. Yeah and, yeah, and we haven't been going all crazy about Hawaii because we've got Fast Web Formula 4 and honestly, yeah. that's what our attention is on. I know that uh, people generally just hold back till they get closer to a deadline. And deadlines, by the way, from a marketing point of view, are sweet. I'm taking a lot of ticket sales right now, like six or seven at a time, where people have realized, oh, it's in a few weeks and I intend to come, bang, and the, the orders come through. So as a marketer, be sure to stress deadlines because... When you have a live event, it's it's actually happening on that specific date. There's no rolling it over. There's no life getting in the way. You're either coming or you're not. So uh, we'll talk about that more closer to the time, probably in uh, July. 
And that's going to be exciting. We've got comments. And I just went into my speaker voice. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah, I did. That, that's cool. Uh, we've got comments. We've got our comments. All right, we've got um, three five-star reviews on iTunes, which is nice. The first one comes from Bert Purdy. He says, I'd listen to this every day if you posted a new episode daily. I listen to this whole. I listen to this while running, driving, mowing the lawn. You guys have great chemistry, and that really makes the show entertaining. But most importantly, motivating. Thanks, Bert. There you go. Okay, so uh, it's kind of small here. <laughs> I can read these. If you yeah, want, in, well, if All you right. can, because you've got. Yeah, I'm on a massive I screen, e and I can hardly read them. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I've got eagle eyes here. So, uh, enrich your life by GB Cakes. I'm only uh, assuming that that stands for Great Baby Cakes. Um, so, <laughs> of course, Great Baby Cakes. <laughs> I don't know what else it would stand for. It says after hearing Ezra interviewed on John Lee Dumas's uh, podcast, Entrepreneur on Fire, I was disappointed. Oh, I was disappointed that the interview ended, yet totally pumped and inspired. I was like, oh, man, you were disappointed, but you just gave us a five-star review. Okay, I was disappointed that the interview ended, yet totally pumped and expired. Ezra is extremely motivational for many reasons. The thing that grabbed a hold of me and had me paying close attention to what he has to say was how genuine he comes across. Now, I've never met the guy, but I would bet that anyone who listens to him speak would agree with me 100%. So to follow, his views and messages are very interesting and reliable and inspire good and great thoughts. I'm a new entrepreneur, and I feel fortunate to have recently entered the podcast world during this time in my life. Ezra and James have a great structure here with this show. They're incredible guys to listen to, and it will be one of the shows I start each day with. They are reaching out to those that want to continue to change their lives to grow in a positive way professionally and personally that is a very sweet comment great baby cakes i appreciate that yeah, that's really nice and we should say hi to john lee dumas who yeah listens to our show as he does his running as well and he's got a great show he, he just, just got a, he just hit over a million downloads wow yeah that's great just hit over a million downloads so big hats off to um to john that guy is awesome um and he's also anyways we'll get into his story later we ought to have him on the show sometime all right Listen to this if you want to succeed by Mike Pedersen. It's hard to see. I apologize if I said that wrong, Mike. He says, I just came across your podcast. I know James and his fast web formula is top notch. He's the real deal. Ezra, I'm just listening to, but between the two of them, they provide great value in a conversational tone. No stuffiness here. Thank you, Mike. That's nice. Thanks, Mike. All right. So Audrey is uh, Audrey Dakin. Really enjoying these podcasts. The ethics podcast I listened to recently it was really good what you said about being too direct with someone and how you have to be careful with that because you may be crossing a line of intimacy with someone and they may not be prepared for that type of relationship. I've thought about that statement a lot over the last few days. I've never heard it put that way before. I tend to be direct, but I'm rethinking the time, the place, where the type of directness is appropriate. I look forward to listening to the remaining podcasts. Thank you, Audrey. Awesome. Tim Holmes on the Confidence episode says, Excellent stuff. I'm building a business with the confidence of reaching my goal in three years. Plus, I'm building a team of motivated people with my ethos of customer service and sales. Plus, they have to be a bit mad. Confidence comes from surrounding oneself with successful people and seeing yourself already at the place you want to be. All good. Thanks, Tim. Nice. And Bo on uh, excuses. Hey, guys. Loving it so much, especially since you read out my comment on the show. It was weird to hear my words as I was driving along knowing I've been immortalized with Ezra's words. Listen to the interview with James and Ezra on e-commerce on super fast business. Amazing. I was wondering when the episode on negotiations was going to happen. Hopefully, you have this in the pipeline. Also, I had a couple of questions. 
What is the name of the plugin on the right-hand side with the opt-in as you scroll? And what comment system are you using on the site? Cheers, guys. Looking forward to uh, FastWeb Formula, just about to buy the ticket. Okay, so the plugin we use is uh, called uh, Scroll Triggered Box. And the comment system is just the WordPress comment system. We, we want that SEO value and we want the moderation to be able to make sure that we're only ever letting good comments get up there. Uh, when I say good, I, I mean, they don't have to say nice things, but they're just not spam. Thank you so much, uh, Bo. We're looking forward to meeting you at Fast Web Formula. James, I think we should skip these comments, these last four. Is <laughs> this like another 20? Put them on the next episode. It, on my other show, Freedom Ocean, uh, Timbo will not read out the comments because he feels it's too self-indulgent. But I've got to say, I think uh, people seem to be enjoying the comments. So I'd be, I'd be interested, actually. Uh, people like to hear themselves. And you know what else, dude? We are appreciative of the folks who leave comments, and I want to acknowledge them for it. Yeah, me too. I, I want to read them out because I think they've gone to an effort to leave the comment. And for me, it's fascinating what people like or don't like and perhaps when we read it out a, a listener will be able to resonate with the same sort of feeling or see a different point of view than what they heard on the show and i will say that we get a lot of downloads of these episodes now it won't be long till we reach a million uh, i'm sure if we keep producing this show and if people want to share this show with someone else please forward one of our emails to a friend or a loved one and tell them about it. We get such a, a broad range of listeners on this particular show. And, you know, we're, I think that's a nice, uh, a nice request to make of, of our listeners is that, you know, we're covering so many topics from money to lifestyle to success to fear to motivation to willpower, like all these things. The beauty of, the, of this stuff is that it is relevant to anyone in any area of life at any level. So we would love it if you would share our podcasts with people that you think it might be relevant to uh, because we're very interested in connecting with more people. So thank you in advance for doing that. And also we're taking topic requests uh, because we want to make a show that you like. And you know what? I'll tell you what, the last four episodes or so have been, except for rights, rights was mine, but a lot of these uh, topics have been requested. So it's really nice to, to, to get people requesting uh, shows because then it gives me a topic and then I can just run with it and, and we can just run with it. So I like that. All right. So we must be up to the think about it section. Well, let's roll with it, baby. I think you got the first one. Yeah, this one was from my uh, crazy, crazy, crazy rich boss. And he taught me the quote, you have nothing to fear except fear itself. And to some extent, this guy was fearless. He was short, ugly, uh, grew up broke, had a bad relationship with his family. And uh, he, was a, he was a lowly blue-collar worker. And he built from that to a $100 million a year business. So I think he overcame a lot of fear to get to that point. He was fearless in some ways, like a, a lion. And I picked up some of that. I had uh, far less of those dis, you know, unfortunate things. I had a, grew up in a family that loved me. I was a little bit taller and a little bit more handsome than him. And I didn't grow up poor. Uh, I had, you know, I just got, got a job and uh, I've never been a bankrupt and never had no money. Uh, there was a couple of times through my career where I had not too many dollars left in the bank account, but I, I never owed people money except for the bank for a mortgage. So... Being fearless, that's cool. I've talked about this probably in the confidence thing. I've jumped out of an airplane. I have uh, spoken in front of large crowds, as you have, Ezra. 
and I've gone out into business on my own and left a safe, comfortable job or, you know, as society would call it safe. And I've raised four children. So I think uh, this quote resonates with me. You have nothing to fear except fear itself. It was used in an inaugural address by Franklin D. Roosevelt and it's kind of a rewording of an original Francis Bacon quote. So there you go. If you just remember that you don't have to worry about anything if, except for fear. That's what it's saying. I'm with you 100%. I'd love you to roll straight into your tag tip because I think it's on the same note. Well, deliberately put yourself in situations that make you uncomfortable. Yeah, that's how you grow. Your life's like a muscle and you've put it under a bit of stress to see it grow. Like when you go to the gym and do weights, you're actually tearing the muscle and they grow back stronger. So jumping out of an airplane is kind of extreme. And by the way, I did encourage a friend of mine to jump out of the plane with me and straight after the, the flight, he went to hospital in shock and uh, I'm not suggesting this from a medicinal point of view or, or whatever. It, it may actually push you too far. So I, I, I wouldn't say go and tackle something that extreme just because you're scared of it. It's probably a terrible technique. However, if, you, if you've got an inkling that you might not die and that you might not go to hospital, maybe put yourself up for speaking at an event. Or next time you go to even a, a, a roundtable meeting or a, a dinner with strangers, just you know, take the floor. Just, just introduce a story or something and see if you can get the whole story out without dying. And uh, yeah, definitely question all the things, all these fears and, and things that you've been injected with by society. Uh, as I said, especially how conditioned we are in Western society that if you break the rules, you're going to jail uh, and you're going to die an eternal hell beyond any comprehension. Well, I'd love someone to show me even a scrap of proof that that's not... Shramko laying it down on this episode. Uh, it's just such... It's just such... It's such well, a fraud it's, it's in my opinion. It's, it's, it's a, a, a very, fraud. very good control tactic. Let's face it. Whatever you want to believe, yeah, it, let's 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 at least acknowledge that that. Yeah, that regardless whether whether you think it's true or not, if you were to put people on an island, it'd be great to have some rules that if you do good, you'll have a billion virgins and and you'll have amazing, impossibly fantastical things will happen to you. And if you do bad, you'll have the worst evil hell. And you know life will never be the same. So that's a good way to control the crowd. Otherwise, it turns into Lord of the Flies, and you'll be stoning each other and eating them. Yeah. And <laughs> so, I think when we get into the religion episode, you will see that both James and I are actually quite spiritual in certain ways, and we're not actually anti-religion. So I don't want it to sound like we are. Um, we just no, I'm just saying, hey, look, why don't we just question it? I'm not telling you what the answer is. I, I don't know what the answer is, but I am saying. Just ask some questions. Yeah, and, and I think that's and, uh, a good that's test, a good practice. Test the boundaries. A good practice in every area of life. Be willing to look at what is going on. Ask questions. It's it's very helpful. All right. My quote is Do what you fear, and fear disappears by David Joseph Schwartz. That's pretty straightforward. That's what I was talking about with the bullying and all that kind of stuff. Like if you're willing to face your fears, they go away. So I think it's a, uh, you know, take a look at what you're afraid of, really understand what it is, and then maybe just try a little bit of it. You know, if you're afraid of spiders, be in the same room as a spider, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, you can do it in baby steps. 
Um, and that's how they train people to overcome fears. If you, it, when people are afraid of water, they put them, they, they have them stick their feet in first, you know, and sit at the edge of the pool kind of thing. Well, you know, when I lived out on the acreage just up the road here, pretty much everything in that property could kill a person, technically. Ticks, spiders, snakes, lizards. You know, there's all these animals in Australia that are highly dangerous. And when I post pictures about them on Facebook, people in the UK especially... Like, ugh, you know, I could never come to that country or whatever. I'm like, seriously, you'd miss out on the world's greatest beaches and food and views because you're scared of a spider or a shark or whatever. You know, sure, a couple of people get eaten by a shark every year, except in India, there's 1.2 million road deaths a year. So let's put it in perspective. Uh, you know, the, the chances are so slim. You've got more chance of getting run over on your way to the office than dying from a funnel web spider. I don't think there's even been a death for like 10 years or something. So, well, those, that's the, um, those are the, uh, the, the, the fears that are, that don't really make any sense that people have. It's like, well, fears because, that well they're, they're watching movies like jaws and, and, uh, with crazy big scary it's like this is what i'm saying society and hollywood and the government and everyone else and the religions they're all injecting this into you and if you just take it then you're gonna have a shit life if you question it or challenge it you may have a better life <laughs> that's my exactly and which is which goes back to what we said right at the beginning of the episode that fear is an instinct and when you address it with intellect you can respond to it rather than react to it that's exactly what we're saying. I love how we're on the same page on a lot of this stuff. I also like when we argue, but I do like when we agree. That's nice. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love nothing more than giving you the opposite opinion. Of, you know, I'm still not convinced that 27 bananas is great. <laughs> hey, I'm not selling that. I'm not I, selling that line anymore. I know. Uh, I know. I know. But I just, you know, I had, to, I had to bring up one of our classic moments there. So we've covered the subject of fear, right? Let's finish up with my last uh, tip, which is, sort of on, um, on, on a subject that's a bit more practical, which is, if not now, then when? So do the things that you know that you need to do today. Don't wait, because when you wait, things just pile up and you never get them done. And I like to do the harder things first. So that I make a little list of whatever I've got to do and the things that I feel like are going to be the most difficult tasks, I tackle those first because then I feel really good and I can tackle the other ones a lot easier. So if not now, then when is a really good uh, thing to remind yourself of. And when you got stuff you need to do, like don't let the dishes sit overnight. Do them right now because you don't want to wake up to some stinky dishes in your sink. Yeah, that's such. it's such a powerful uh, device and there's scientific research that backs doing stuff early because that's when you have your highest reserves of willpower, which I think was our first episode. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, you you need a little bit of discipline and willpower for those difficult challenges, so you have more reserves when you're fresh and when you wake up in the morning. So there you go, folks. We've covered the subject of fear. What is it? Where does it come from? What are you afraid of? And how's it affecting your business and your life? That's what we've been looking at today in this episode of Think, Act, Get. It's been a pleasure having you on board. Thanks, Ezra. Thanks, listener. Thank you so much. We, as always, really uh, appreciate you spending time with us. And we look forward to another episode with you in the future. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free. 